And now, the BC Food and Wine Radio Network presents Anthony Gizmondi and Casey Wilson. This is BC Food and Wine Radio, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Save On Foods. Now, here's Anthony and Casey. everyone and welcome to today's show on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, hey Wilson, I'm getting a haircut this week even though I'm now I'm used to my long hair. Oh, um, Tony, that's good news. I'm going to get her chopped uh, tomorrow. So I'm looking forward to that uh, and I'm looking forward to today's show. Super busy. Uh, we're going to start with our friend Mark Hicken, the lawyer who knows a lot about uh, wine laws. They actually made a whole business out of it, Vintage Law Group. So we'll talk to him about uh, COVID-19, all the changes that are going on at the wineries and, uh, you know, liability, all that stuff could be kind of fun, see how visits change. And then, Casey, we are are we going to DNA some fish today? We are. It's all about traceability, and we're talking to Organic Ocean, and they are now delivering. They usually deliver to chefs. They're now delivering to your home. Authentic uh, BC fish, or at least authentic caught fish. That'll be fun. Mark Filato, uh, probably the original chef sommelier uh, from Waterfront Wines. This guy is a god in the Okanagan. He has done so much to... Uh, promote every uh, part of the restaurant sector. So we want to know what's happening up in Kelowna. We'll talk to Mark about what he's doing and special initiatives to uh, help locals in need as well. And finally, uh, Robert Belcham joins us, Casey. He does, and we're going to find out how the typical restaurant model is going to evolve now with the pandemic. So uh, what is it? he's going to talk about a big reset. He is. Yeah, I can't wait to talk to him about that. I have a few questions about what will be reset. So, folks, all that and more coming up next uh, on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Mark Hicken. Maybe we'll talk to Mark about the wholesale uh, price of wine for restaurants as well. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save On Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards. Plus, there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save On Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. The upper bench of BC's Similkameen Valley, a special place that's the source of some of Canada's best wines. Here, nestled in a sun-laden stony corner of the mountains, you'll find Clos de Soleil Winery. And even though now's not the time to physically explore the Similkameen, you can still get a taste of it. Clos de Soleil blends age-old Bordeaux varieties and a unique Similkameen minerality into elegant, age-worthy, distinctively terroir-driven wines. Available online at clodesoleil.ca with free shipping to your doorstep now on all orders. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, BC. We're now offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We're all hunkering down and preparing for weeks of social distancing. Hillside is here to make it just a little bit easier. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. 
Tony and Barb Haller, owners of Poplar Grove Winery on farming in the Okanagan. The thing we've probably learned most is that the weather is never the same from year to year. And you have to adjust your farming practice according to the weather God gives you. It's just the way it is. Patience to wait for your grapes to mature and nothing is on a schedule. If your grapes need to develop their tannins and their sugars, you have to have the courage to wait. Enjoy the results. Join the wine club at poplargrove.ca. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, we're excited to have Mark Hickam with us today. Of course, Mark, uh, a lawyer for Vintage Law Group, and uh, Mark has uh, now uh, quite a history of working in uh, the wine law uh, area. And there's lots of laws regarding wines, Mark, so I'm sure you're never uh, never out of work, and with a pandemic now, you're busier than ever. Uh, thanks for joining us. Oh, thank you very much, Tony. I'm pleased to be on. Uh I don't know where we'll start. I guess we're going to start with uh, retail. Let's start there. What are you worried about? Is, is everybody worried about their uh, liability? Like in the U.S., I keep reading about all. You know, they want the government to waive the liability if people get sick uh, in a premises. Is that big in the Canadian? Uh, I know that we don't. We're not as litigious, but how does that work here? Well, I think we do have a bit of a different mentality here in Canada. We're definitely not as litigious as as they are in the United States. I have not received, um, you know, a lot of concern from people in industry on that right now. I mean, obviously, uh, large swaths of industry have been shut down, um, but that's the the big concern. Really, seems to be the economics and the business right now, not mm-hmm. um, worrying about. Um, the litigious nature or lack of litigious nature of Canadians. Mark, I think everybody wants to know, how how is the tasting going to change when you go to the Okanagan now? What's the room going to look like? And, um, you know, inside and out, what do you think? Well, I think we are going to see some pretty significant changes um, in the Okanagan. I mean, as of uh, you know, Tuesday, um, uh, May the 19th, uh, the provincial health order was changed to allow um, tasting rooms in the Okanagan to reopen. Um, but there are some pretty significant uh, restrictions that are in place, um, the most prominent of which obviously are two-meter separation between, you know, parties, um, you know, maximum six customers at any table and maximum 50% of capacity. So those, you know, restrictions are obviously going to create a pretty significant change to the way that tasting rooms operate. The old sort of tasting room where people would just kind of, you know, come in the door and there'd be a whole bunch of people standing at the bar, you know, shoulder to shoulder is gone. (laughs) That's not going to be happening this year for sure. Yeah, Mark, I was also wondering, it's not clear to me who's in charge. Like, okay, you you just said that there are some things that have come from provincial health, but are the cities involved? And like, when I listen in Vancouver, and they're talking about drinking on the beaches and the province saying one thing, the city saying another, same with grocery. Who's in charge of these laws uh, that are going to govern the way that wineries or restaurants, for that matter, uh, perform under these new rules? 
Well, there's a, there's a bunch of different layers. I mean, the most obvious one are the orders from the provincial health officer, which have to be followed by all businesses if an order has been issued. So those okay. ones are directly applicable to the tasting rooms. Yeah. Um, uh, in terms of, of, of tasting rooms and restaurants and, and liquor primaries too, um, they are required to come up with a workplace safety plan um, mm-hmm. which uh, generally they would follow the guidelines that WorkSafe BC have issued in order to do that. Um, right. So they will have to do that, but the, those are guidelines that are issued by WorkPlace BC. Um, theoretically, it's possible that a, somebody, an officer from WorkSafe BC could come to your establishment and, and, yeah. and issue some orders surrounding that, but that's... The one part of that, I mean, and, and on your on your question about the city too, um, in terms of the city, I mean, municipalities can uh, also make orders. Vancouver did that uh, during the pandemic as well. Um, uh, on the drinking in public places, there's actually uh, a provincial law that does allow for drinking in public places if a, if a municipal government decides to allow that. So if, yeah. for example, the city of Vancouver set aside um, some space at, uh, you know, beaches or in parks or something where they allowed that, then it would be mm-hmm. permitted under provincial law too. So there's doesn't, a bunch of interactions of all the different laws. Yeah. Does a winery license permit them to serve outside, like in the vineyard or on an expanded patio, or is that another ask that has to be looked after? Um, that's it is another ask right now because right now your you know your your basic winery license does allow you to have an on-site store and tasting area which would be a red-lined area on your floor plan Um, and you're also allowed to um, uh, have tastings as part of a tour of the facility too so right. if somebody, you know, if a group is walking through, you could also do tasting as part of that. But it, there's not right now. It's not automatic that you would get an outside area. You'd have to apply for that um, endorsement separately. But there has already been, um, you know, a lot of well, there's been indication um, from the branch that they will fast track approvals for um, patio changes and things like that. So I think you're going to see some flexibility um, from government on that. And I know that they're, particularly with uh, tasting rooms, um, obviously it would make a huge difference to wineries if they could expand their tasting area to outside. And it makes a whole lot of sense, too. It's much easier to distance people, and it's much safer if everybody's outside. Yeah, totally. So I think you'll see yeah, we're speaking with Mark Hicken uh, from Vintage Law Group about uh, many issues involved with uh, COVID-19. And I'd love to know what's going to happen with food. Are they are the wineries going to be allowed to serve food now? Um, well, it's a good question. Um, the The ability for a winery to sell food right now would be dependent upon it either having a tasting lounge endorsement or having a full restaurant license at the winery. And, and some wineries have the former, some wineries have the latter. They are currently, as of May the 19th, those um, tasting lounges and restaurants are allowed to reopen. So they can do that and they can serve um, food uh, as part of those um, licenses. Um, and obviously, again, subject to the restrictions that I mentioned earlier about distancing and 50% of capacity, but they are allowed to do that and they are allowed to reopen and do it. And is mm. this by appointment only? 
Um, well, I think that will depend upon the winery. Um, I think you will probably likely see more wineries moving to the appointment-only model because it's much easier to implement those rules, particularly with respect to distancing and capacity if you have an appointment model. Um, mm. uh, so I think, you know, some, some of the wineries up in the Okanagan were doing that anyway, and I think you're going to see more of them moving to that model. Um, I don't personally think that that's necessarily a bad thing. I mean, some of the best experiences that I've had when I visited wineries has been, uh, you know, on an appointment model where you get to have a more personal interaction with the people of the winery uh, and I think actually quite often it leads to better long-term relationships with the customers uh, and better sales of wine. Mm. I think maybe there's some positive things that are going to come out of this in the Okanagan. Yeah, I mean, these, you know, I mean, uncertain times like these tend to force everybody to rethink um, what they're doing and their business models. Um, and sometimes, uh, you know, you might discover that things uh, go in a better direction. And particularly for, uh, you know, appointment tastings, I think that that's a good model for certainly for some wineries. And what about tour buses? Well, I think the tour bus model is uh, not going to be happening this year. I think that's pretty difficult to implement that under the restrictions that are now in place. Um, uh, well, you know, the restrictions are everybody's got to be, parties have to be six feet apart if they're not yeah. part of the same group. And, you know, you're not allowed to have more than six people together. And so I think the, the sort of tour bus tasting model will probably likely have to be suspended for this season. Um, you know, uh, the, I, I'm not sure that that's, I mean, some wineries will, will probably miss that. Other wineries probably weren't, weren't that interested in doing it anyway. No. Well, they talk so much about being premium and, and special, so I think tour buses is uh, it's probably an okay thing. Of course, it affects hotels, and there's a long chain of effects of not having more people in wine country, but maybe there are other things people can do, and I think hiking, walking, discovering vineyards, there's a lot of exciting things that we don't do at wineries that I get to do and find way more interesting than standing at a bar. So I'm hopeful. The other thing, Mark, I, we're almost out of time, but... 15 million Canadians don't really uh, buy BC wine because they don't have the right. We hear that maybe we'll be able to ship some wine. Is there any update on what's going to happen with uh, shipping BC wine into Quebec or Ontario that you know of? Um, I have not received any information yet one way or the other as to things opening up. There's a possibility as of July 1st. Um, there is a deadline in Ontario where the Ontario government will have to either uh, delay again their rules mm -hmm. or they'll have to come up with some new rules. Um, I don't have any information yet as to which way they're leaning. Um, I know there's been a lot of speculation and there's a lot of hope within the industry that perhaps Ontario will take this opportunity to open up as of July 1st and that yeah. would certainly be a huge benefit for the Canadian wine industry and for consumers across yeah. Canada. Very big. Hey, Mark, thanks so much for joining us today. I know you're super busy. Uh, we uh, we appreciate the time that you've given us. And uh, uh, for those who want to learn more about uh, Wine Law, winelaw.ca, plenty of information on Mark's site about what's going on about uh, many different issues in the business. Thank you, Mark. Talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you both. Thank you. Keep well. Mark Hicken. He is, uh, well, he's the owner of uh, Vintage Law Group, and you can uh, read about all kinds of uh esoteric laws, I would say, that affect the food and wine business in Canada. 
We'll take a quick break. Uh, I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. And coming up next on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, we'll speak with Dane Chauvel. He's the CEO of Organic Ocean. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. Cullman, a family estate winery, reminds you that it's time to join the 2020 Fellowship and reap the rewards. Cullman's Fellowship not only brings people together through their love of Cullman wines, it also features exclusive benefits only available to members, like access to the Numbers Series, Cullman's Small Lot Program, as well as unreleased library and rare wines from their portfolio. For details, visit Cullman.ca. Cullman, a family estate winery, creating wines of excellence through the blending of art and science. Calling all winemakers, craft brewers, cider makers, or artisan distillers. Canada's first wine village is coming, and you could be a part of it. Located at the gateway to Canada's wine capital in Oliver, the village provides turnkey, low-capital production facilities that are available for lease starting now. But with space for only 16 artisan producers, the time to act is now to be part of history and start crafting your unique story. To learn more, visit districtwinevillage.com. Black Hills Estate Winery invites you to raise a glass with them this spring to celebrate the start of their 20th anniversary season. They're offering free shipping when you place an order, purchasing six bottles or more so you can experience some of their new spring releases, like their elegant Chardonnay and Carmenier while relaxing at home. Check in with them at blackhillswinery.com to find the latest news. And for more information, make sure to like them on Facebook or follow them on Instagram. Gizmondionwine.com, BC's destination for finding great wine at all price points. With their easy-to-use search engine of over 30,000-plus tasting notes, you can find the wines you want by price, points, and more. Bookmark Gizmondionwine.com for the new notes posted daily, each with a photo of the label. Get new ideas and find great buys with seasonal and weekly top 10 wine lists, original stories, and videos. If wine matters to you, join us at Gizmondionwine.com. Follow on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Gizmondionwine.com. Mondi on wine. Have the extraordinary organic wines of Summerhill Pyramid Winery in the pristine Okanagan Valley delivered to your door. When you become an organic ambassador, a portion of every purchase you make at Summerhill goes back into your account, which you can use towards future purchases anytime. Share the love with your friends to earn even more credits. Find out more about Summerhill Pyramid Winery's organic ambassador program and order online by visiting summerhill.bc.ca. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. But I still want that. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, our next guest, guest is uh, first time on the show, Dane Chauvel. He's the CEO of Organic Ocean. Organic Ocean was the first seafood supplier in the world to adopt DNA authentication to provide uh, consumers and I guess their customers with the assurance that they're getting what they paid for. Dane, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. My uh, pleasure. I had no idea that we could, uh, well, I know we can DNA just about anything, but dna fish, is there a reason why we're doing that? Or Well, we did it uh, uh, originally because uh, there's uh, been huge media coverage of uh, rampant mislabeling of uh, seafood where uh, species 
uh, lower quality, cheaper species are substituted for higher quality, more expensive species. So hmm. we don't do that. But uh, to uh, demonstrate that we don't do that, we teamed up with a researcher from the University of Guelph and uh, began uh, subjecting ourselves to random DNA audits. And so they come in, they uh, sample uh, uh, fish, uh, compare the tissue sample with what it says on the label, and then they publish it to uh, wow. our website in a way that's tamper-proof. We can't, uh, we can't alter it, so we have to live with the results. What would be like a classic substitution that we could be fooled by? Well, it, it, I, I notice it all the time when I go into the supermarket and I see uh, um, whitefish labeled as red snapper, and uh, there uh-huh. is no there is no local red snapper. There's a red snapper that's caught in the Gulf of Mexico, so um, they still get away with it. And, and that whitefish could be any one of a number of uh, um, rockfish that's harvested in uh, the North Pacific. Yeah. You know, Dane, I I drive my friends crazy because I will only eat fish where Organic Ocean is supplying the restaurants. And I, I will not buy fish in any supermarkets because it's all about trust, and I just don't trust that what I'm buying, what I think I'm we, buying we is... We love you, Casey. Yes, is what they're <laughs> saying. So, but, so what's really exciting now is that um, with all the closure of your restaurant clients, which is about 90% of your business, now we at home can order fish and have it delivered from you. And, and, and well, it seems like it's a radical departure for us. It's actually uh, uh, doing the same thing that we've always done. It's just we're doing it for a different clientele. We, we started out in this business a little over a decade ago, and we were fishermen. We still continue to be fishermen who uh, had adopted sustainability and uh, decided to sell our fish to the general public because we felt that it wasn't being appreciated by the existing supply chain where good fish and bad fish was all thrown in the same bin together and we got a, a identified or uncovered by uh, a local sustainability chef and a guy who's a guru in the space uh, robert clark and right. uh, he recognized that sustainability uh, also meant uh, higher quality and he started telling his friends and so he told three chefs and each of those three chefs told three chefs and uh, we uh, pardon the pun expanded our business virally and we now supply uh, seafood, almost all of which is sourced locally to uh, um, high-end restaurants around the world. Or we did up until the middle of March. That business disappeared, and we had to decide whether we were going to shutter uh, things down, uh, lay our people off, and leave the freezers going, or if we were going to do something different. So we uh, established a re- uh, contactless refrigerated home delivery uh, program for uh, uh, our community, and that extended to Squamish, and then it extended to Toronto, and uh, we're getting pulled into uh, all kinds of different directions. Uh, we're speaking with Dane Chauvel. He's the CEO of Organic Ocean. And I do want to mention that the only place I do buy fish is at the fish counter owned by Rob Clark. And you you can totally trust what's happening there. And uh, I'm surprised he hasn't run out of fish because I hear there's lineups every day during well, COVID. Well, I think one of the things that we've discovered, and we work really closely with Rob. We supply him uh, with seafood. He uh, um, works with us. He helped design a, a new canned line that uh, we recently introduced called Chef Select. And uh, I was speaking to him yesterday uh, about uh, what what's going on in terms of a phenomenon with respect to seafood, and that is that home consumers 
you being a possible exception, Casey, um, have been intimidated by the prospect of preparing seafood. They love it, and they uh, in, enjoy uh, uh, ordering it and uh, eating it in a restaurant, but uh, they've been intimidated by the notion of cooking it at home. But just like uh, people have discovered baking bread, uh, they have also discovered that uh, preparing seafood at home is not that big a deal, and uh, we've been assisted by our chefs who have generously shared their uh, recipes and cooking tips with uh, uh, the general public through our website, and uh, it's created quite a, a phenomenon. We're really excited about it. Yeah, you've got I, top chefs on there, and, and this is at organicocean.com. Yeah, uh, I'm just looking at, maybe you can walk us through this. So, for instance, you have a wild BC halibut to bulk pack, uh, the two-meter edition, uh, can you just tell us the, so you catch this fish, what happens? You, are you freezing it on the water? How does it all work? And it's, it says it's vacuum packed and it also says it's ocean wise. So is that another layer over top of organic ocean? Can you just give us a bit of background on all that? Those are great questions, Anthony. Um, as I mentioned, when we started our business, we, we committed to sustainability. In fact, we were committed to sustainability before then. And our commitment to, say, to sustainability is that everything that we handle and distribute has to be uh, determined to be sustainable um, to the extent possible by an independent uh, um, third party. And so uh, almost all of our products are either Marine uh, Stewardship Council Ocean-wise or Seafood Watch uh, approved. In in some instances, there are small artisanal fisheries like the side stripe and humpback shrimp fisheries that are are so small that they cannot uh, muster the resources to be uh, to meet the, the criteria. But they're yeah. deemed sustainable by uh, Fisheries and Oceans uh, Canada. So, uh, in in terms of the the preparation of the fish, again. Uh, our, we, we we're blessed in British Columbia. I think that this is probably uh, the premium uh, uh, seafood production center, not just in North America, but arguably in the world. And I, I don't say that lightly. We sell uh, seafood to uh, Michelin-starred restaurants in places like Singapore that could buy seafood from anywhere, and they buy BC seafood because we do it better here. And uh, we do it better here because we have the access to cold North Pacific um, fish. This means the tuna that roam here have a high, higher oil content. The salmon that uh, we harvest here are harvested farther from the spawning ground, so they have a higher omega-3 content, just better fish. But we're also not a high-volume uh, producer here. We're, we're a very much a quality-focused uh, fishery, and uh, that means that uh, when fish is harvested here, it's either frozen at sea or it's chilled and it's delivered to a processor where uh, it tends to be immediately cut and packaged and uh, then blast frozen. And uh, we, we can say with a straight face that we uh, uh, supply better fish than uh, arguably uh, any anywhere else in the world. And mm. we, we, we travel the world. We get called into uh, conferences and as advisors elsewhere. I was in Peru in December, which is a, uh, a culinary center and, and with a big focus on seafood. They've got good fish, but it uh, doesn't hold a candle to BC fish. And will this demand for great ingredients like your seafood survive COVID-19? Well, you tell me. <laughs> I'd, I, I, I'd, I'd like to think and believe that it will. And and one of the things that we've noticed is that we measure customer feedback and, and through something called a net promoter score. And the, the feedback that we've been getting has been just phenomenal. Our, our score is 94. 
So people are really uh, digging what we're doing. And uh, they're, and we received a message uh, yesterday that said, I know when the restaurants come back online that you're going to uh, shift your focus Take, back to them and abandon yeah. them. We're, we're not going to do that. Good for you. Good. We're here to stay. Great. Hey, so- can you, and just tell our listeners, uh, first of all, you can look at uh, uh, shop.organicocean.com to see what you want to buy. But you, d- you deliver this in trucks. It's frozen, and it comes to our door that way. Like, how does that work? Is it is it a fast process? or? Yeah, our, our president and general manager, Guy Dean, is just obsessive about um, customer care quality and satisfaction. And uh, he will not uh, allow anything to go out that isn't. Uh, adequately packaged that isn't uh, uh, sent out in a fashion where the cold chain is preserved. So uh, we operate at an extremely high standard, and we took it for granted when we were supplying the chefs because they demand that. But um, evidently, it's something that uh, the home consumer, the retail consumer, wasn't wasn't accustomed to. So they're yeah. getting the same quality of seafood and, and in the same fashion that. Uh, the restaurants did and one of the things that we did is we provided it at wholesale price because uh, we were sensitive to the impact of the uh, pandemic on people's financial situation and and income so i I think it's a pretty sweet deal and dane one more thing you do deliver but you also we can buy it on uh, granville island well we've uh, been located at uh, false creek fisherman's terminal ever since we started we now have another um, larger facility out in uh, Steveston, but we have arranged to uh, um, uh, provide for pickup at False Creek on Saturday afternoons. The other thing that, that's going to happen, this is imminent, and uh, you guys should be getting excited about it, so should your listeners, and that is the BC spot prawn season was delayed this year, but it's opening on June 4th, and we will be selling uh, spot prawns off the boat down there in a, a physically distanced fashion. We'll be delivering them to the home, and uh, I think that you'll see an expansion of uh, our services in, in the False Creek area as well. Great. Jane. So put that on your calendar June 4th. Thanks, Dane. Uh, really appreciate that. Uh, we have to take a quick break, Casey, but coming up right away, Mark Filiteau, Chef Sommelier from Waterfront Wines in Kelowna. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save on Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards. Plus, there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save on Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. Mount Boucherie Estate Winery may be closed for the time being, but that doesn't mean you don't have access to their amazing wines. Check out their open online store today for fantastic curbside specials. Right now, get a 20% local discount on feature wines. Wine Club members, you get a 30% discount. And don't forget they offer free shipping in BC and Alberta on all case orders. For more information, awesome deals, and updated developments, please visit mtboucherie.com. Finhorn Creek Vineyards is now offering you the exclusive opportunity to take advantage of free shipping when you place an order purchasing over six bottles. Send wine to someone you love to show them you're thinking of them this season. Now, while their tasting bar remains closed, their award-winning Miradoro restaurant is offering takeout. 
so you can experience the flavors of Tinhorn from the comfort of your home. Online and telephone orders are also available for curbside pickup. For the latest updates, please visit tinhorn.com. Come and get married in the land of Ing at Watermark Beach Resort in Osuyas. Beachfront on Osuyas Lake, Canada's warmest lake. One stop for all your wedding dreams. Gorgeous lakefront suites at Watermark Beach Resort for you, your family, and your friends. Farm to table South Okanagan cuisine. Dining and whining, laughing and celebrating deep in wine country. <laughs> Connect today. Weddings at watermarkbeachresort.com. At Family Owned Therapy Vineyards and Inn, their family like yours has made changes to daily routines. Now offering curbside pickup or, as always, order at therapyvineyards.com for convenient delivery to your home. Stay connected with Therapy Vineyards through their newly launched video series along with great spring offers. From their family to yours, they look forward to welcoming you to beautiful Naramata soon. As their labels have stated since 2017, we're in this together. Therapyvineyards.com now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We're heading up to uh, Kelowna, specifically to Waterfront Wines, uh, to chat with Mark Filato, the chef slash sommelier, uh, one of the very first ever in Canada. Mark, how are you today? I'm doing well on this sunny, sunny day. Yeah. Uh, I think people, I, I, I'm sure that people know that you are uh, qualified as a sommelier, but is it, it's, it's been a great thing for you to have in your back pocket, I think, over the years. It's been a lot of fun. I get to judge on panels with uh, esteemed judges like yourself. Um, it keeps my nose in the glass and gives me an yeah. excuse to... Uh, Drink a lot of wine. Yeah. Uh, well, we want to catch up with you. I know uh, we've been talking to a lot of restaurants and chefs. Uh, you in particular, I feel like you must be really challenged because your the configuration of your restaurant is quite small. So how are you coping at these times with, uh, with the pandemic? Well, right now we're doing um, takeout, sort of a pre-booked takeout dinners with our f- sort of many famous flat iron steak and then we do another dish and dessert and an appetizer and that's pre-booked uh, orders have to be in by Thursday at 5 p.m. and then the slotted pickup time between 5 and 7 on Fridays mm-hmm. and then we also have a new menu that rolls out every Monday concerning Saturdays so you can pre-order and get delivered a dinner for two that you finish at home plus a whole range of soups and sauces and spreads we got a tag on beer from Vice and Virtue, uh, fresh bread and granola from Okanagan Grocery, and have priced bottles of wine from the list. Hey, can so you send uh, it to Vancouver? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've been, I got, I got some Vancouver friends that have been asking, but uh, bet they have far for the delivery fee. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, what does pandemic life look like in Kelowna? Well, it's varied. I think you probably see the same in in Vancouver, where there's some people that are, you know, you don't see them without a mask. They've been staying inside or on the property for the whole time. And then you see there's an ice cream shop across from the beach and there's lineups there every sunny day. Um, Mm -hmm. So it's it's a whole it's a whole varied um, sort of scope landscape out there. 
um, ourselves here at Waterfront. We've gotten we're getting a lot of calls asking when we're reopening, but we're just not sure. I've personally talked to a lot of people. You know, are you polling them in a sense, or are you are you ready to go out to a restaurant? And I'm sure I'm unsure myself if I really want to go out to a restaurant. Not that I don't want to yeah. support everybody, but it's just it's it's so unknown these times in these times. Yeah, we hear, you know, about the distancing in restaurants and maybe the 50%, but does that make any sense? Do people own restaurants with only 50% full and can they survive at that? Or what, what are, how will you survive with such a, uh, a decrease in customers? What, what, do, what do you have to do to make that happen? I think for, and it probably goes for every small restaurant, I mean, it's going to be, uh, success rate will be also goes hand in hand with with rents like if our rent stays the same but we're only doing 50 percent of revenue uh that's really going to be hard i mean the things that we're in control of is labor so if we're doing if we dumb down our menu a bit um we make sure that we staff appropriately uh we can control those costs but if we can get a little kick with the rent then that really helps and then it makes sense like i mean i don't see us i think the big danger for us up here in the okanagan we we have patios and we expand and we're really busy in the summertime, extra busy. And then we have a little nest egg that gets us through the winter. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't see that happening this year. So I think the biggest challenge for a lot of places up here is going to be getting through the next winter. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Mark Filato is our guest, uh, chef sommelier owner at Waterfront Wines. I want to know how we can support small local restaurants and businesses like yours, Mark. What do you suggest I think seeing, um, you know, the ones that you've gone to in the past or some new ones that you've tried, just go to the websites and really see what they have to offer because everybody's uh, offering something different. Some restaurants are doing takeout, you know, every night of the week or five nights a week. Um, Ourselves, we're doing, you know, a limited sort of takeout thing. And we're also doing a charity, sort of teamed up with a charity uh, for a program called Nourish. So a family of four can order uh, dinner. And then that one family buys dinner, and then we provide two meals for families of four for that one price. Wow, and, uh, that's a Hershey great program. Society has a, yeah, they have a list of families in need. So one family for $50, they get a dinner for four, but for $50, we provide two dinners for four. So it's a, it's a great thing. It's not a moneymaker, but I think it's a, it's no. a well, it gets us some volunteer time in our own yeah. restaurants, but it's for a great cause for sure. Well, I, th- I think, Mark, the other thing, like, okay, so you're doing this and you actually are supporting a, a family for sure to have a really, uh, a, you know, a great nourishing meal. But also you're still uh, buying and getting goods from your suppliers. So it's a long chain of people involved when we talk about even a, a single menu item. Uh, and and you've been doing a great job of that. How are they making out all of your suppliers? Um, I get to ask that question about supply, and for us, it doesn't seem to be a problem. I mean, we go all our chicken comes from Lisa at Sterling Springs, so she raises the chickens. They have their own abattoir on site, and we get the chicken directly from her. So that's just one example. And then the farmers, you know, I'm not sure how they're going to look this summer depending how the restaurants do because a lot of them depend on restaurants for for that but they're all happy when i come up when i drive up there and pick up salad greens and radishes and all the things that are going now and and uh, asparagus and such and i think that's that's the greatest benefit of us small uh small places maybe you should just open a market out in front of the restaurant on the street (laughs) 
I, I thought, I, I've thought that many times, like even when the farmer's market wasn't open here, well, why don't we get like four suppliers out front on a Saturday morning and people can just do their pre-ordered pickups. But then yeah. you get the whole two meter rule and, you know, three weeks ago or four weeks ago, the whole outlook was a little bit different than it is today. And hopefully mm-hmm. it will change even more so in the next couple of weeks. Well, you know what, Mark, I'm really curious about leasing because a couple of years ago, Italian Kitchen, they were paying $35,000 a month for rent, and uh, they met with the fellow doing the leases, and he said, we want $100,000 a month from you. So he ended up closing the restaurant and opening up a few blocks away. I mean, it was so insane, people just couldn't believe it. So I'm just wondering, you know, how generous these leaseholders can be and will be well mine uh, i have two because we were sort of split between two strata units and they've they've been great good um, to hear so yeah they've they've been super awesome i mean we're their anchor tenants so it goes both ways in a sense um but yeah well hopefully the discussion i'm having with them later today will uh, denote the, the future <laughs> yeah and i think i mean the federal government's kicked up that uh sort of program um but it's it's not doesn't go very for very very long time and as i said before i think this summer is going to be really indicative of what happens this summer will really parlay into the survival rate of the winter sure uh mark just before we let you go folks by the way waterfrontrestaurant.ca you can uh, see all of the things you can purchase there and have them delivered or picked up and uh i couldn't let you go mark without giving us one wine for the spring sort of summer that you're enjoying at the moment from the okanagan maybe a tip for our listeners <laughs> what only one one wine <laughs> that's tough you're killing me <laughs> oh well that's the can you do a rosé uh yeah you know what i just smashed two bottles of the orofino rosé oh for heaven's uh, sakes there you go this past week 10.5 alcohol yeah that sounds perfect i just bought a their riesling from a restaurant yeah the smell can be they're killing it oh yeah the coldest and the coldest la rosé here's another one yes (laughs) is the best one of the melbeck that i've had over their their reminiscent uh, that I can remember anyways of all the rosés. This one is dry and crisp and it smells a bit candied but it delivers real Christmas on the palate. Great great. note. Thanks Mark. I'm going to throw in Oracle from uh, Corsolette's incredible uh, rosé. We'll catch up with you soon Mark. I hope uh, good things happen over the summer and don't go away. We love you. Well I'll be here. Thank Thank you. you. Digging (laughs) Digging myself in. Thanks guys. Thanks. Uh, Mark Filato from uh, Waterfront Wines in Cologne. If you can help out, folks, uh, I think everybody could use a helping hand at this point. You're listening to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be right back with Robert Belchin, uh, head of the Chef's Table Society. There's more to come. This is the BC Food and Wine Radio Network, presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. The team at Spirit Ridge would like to send out heartfelt thank yous to everyone. Thank you to the community. Thanks to the frontline workers at hospitals and care homes for keeping our loved ones safe. And to all our fire and police personnel. And thank you to all those who are helping and working hard to make us stronger. Spirit Ridge Resort. Stay strong and we'll be here for you. 
part of the Unbound Collection by Hyatt. Visit spiritridge.ca. Barb Haller, owner of Poplar Grove Winery. At Poplar Grove, we have a deep respect for the endless potential of our land in the Okanagan. To reach that potential, we know it takes foresight, courage, and the ability to laugh with nature rather than to fight it. It takes a team who embraces this journey to make truly inspired wines. I'm Barb Haller, owner of Poplar Grove Winery, inviting you to join us. Become a member of our wine club at poplargrove.ca. Poplar Grove, available at private fine wine stores. Hillside Winery is here to serve you, BC. We're now offering free shipping across the province on all orders of six bottles or more. Let Hillside deliver direct to your doorstep and give you one less thing to tick off your shopping list. If you're a local, ordering online for pickup is easy and hassle-free. Hillside will happily box up your wines and have them ready and waiting for you. We're all hunkering down and preparing for weeks of social distancing. Hillside is here to make it just a little bit easier. Find us online at hillsidewinery.ca. The BC wine industry is all about people. People crafting products with passion. Save on Foods is proud to support our local wine industry by carrying the world's largest selection of BC VQA wines from producers all across our province. That's over 1,200 labels from more than 160 vineyards. Plus, there are new ones added all the time. Wines of British Columbia at select Save on Foods locations. For special offers in-store and online, visit saveonfoods.com wine. Calling all winemakers, craft brewers, cider makers, or artisan distillers. Canada's first wine village is coming, and you could be a part of it. Located at the gateway to Canada's wine capital in Oliver, the village provides turnkey, low-capital production facilities that are available for lease starting now. But with space for only 16 artisan producers, the time to act is now to be part of history and start crafting your unique story. To learn more, visit districtwinevillage.com. Now back to BC Food and Wine Radio. Here's Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson. Welcome back to the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. Uh, joining us now is Chef Robert Belcham uh, from Campagnolo, Monarch Burger, Popina Canteen, and uh, the Chef's Table Society, which he is now the president of. Robert, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me today. Uh, well, we're excited to talk to you. Uh, maybe not so much about COVID and the mess it's caused, but uh, how are you making out? Uh, well, um, one day at a time, I guess. That's uh, yeah. the best way to put it. Um, uh, I feel lucky that Popina Cantina is open, uh, doing takeout. Uh, Campanillo is still closed right now. We're just sort of, this is traditionally going into our slowest time of the year, um, and at 50% capacity and all yeah. the other things that are going on, we're just sort of taking it day by day to see when and when yeah. we're going to open or how we're going to open. I know a lot of people are looking at, at, at all of this as a two-edged sword, one that it's a complete disaster and the other that it could be a super positive thing and a big chance, uh, as you've said, for a reset. What, what does that mean in your mind when you call it the well, big reset? Well, the big reset is an idea that, I mean, it's been, I've been in this business for 25 years and I've seen it slowly erode uh, day by day, year by year into something it's just the shadow of what it used to be and and um the hospitality industry is um very good at putting on a great face 
that's what we do on a day in day out basis you know we want to make customers happy and we want to be part of their celebrations and we want to be part of their their good times but you know behind the scenes you know the 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 amount of stress and um for that are put that are that, that's happening with the restaurant owners and with the chefs and with the cooks and the servers it's just mm-hmm. every year it gets worse and worse Sorry, and what? What? It, give us some examples now of all this stress. Are you talking about what? Maybe the rent or well, the cost of food this is or the what? Thing. This, 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 it's a multifaceted thing. There's a lots of lo, there's lots of lots of things that have sort of slowly eroded away. Number one, yeah. profit margins. You know, that's one that people are talking about. As we can see, our restaurant industry is sort of at the at the brink right now of of collapse because of COVID. We have no we have no strong foundation with our within our industry at all. So because we have no strong foundation, um, you know, with profit margins being at, you know, one, two, three, four, five percent, um, we can't we can't reinvest in our businesses uh, to make them strong enough to weather storms like what's going on right now. So that's mm-hmm. that's one. Number two, hours. Um, everybody who's in our industry works far too many hours and doesn't know what you know, doesn't know how to, to, to stop. Yes. Uh, yeah. Mental health. That's another big part of it. Um, um, drugs, alcohol, abuse. That's another massive part of it. It's just part of. It seems people have always thought of it as par for the course for this industry, which is an unbelievably toxic way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to the big reset, it's, it, the, the idea is you know we, we have this unbelievably negative thing that's happening to our industry, but we are the most positive, helpful, and unbelievably caring industry that there is. If you you name a charity, you name a, an organ or a, something that we you know, can be part of or help with, we're the first ones there. I know. But we're yeah. very hard at helping ourselves. Very, very so, generous to everybody. Yes, that's right. And but but to our own industry, we're not. No. So so the old the so the idea is to take this time since everybody's stuck at home or now have been stuck at home I guess and rethink of what what's what the, some of the problems were and then try to come up with solutions to make the future of our industry better for everybody. Not just yeah. the owners, not just for servers, not just for cooks, but for literally everybody in the industry, from the whole supply chain all the way down to the customer. Uh, our guest is Robert Belcham, uh, Chef Robert Belcham, and also the president of the Chef's Table Society. So, is this something for the society that's that that uh, it's a you know a broader issue that you're all talking about? I mean, it's definitely part, it's definitely part of what we're talking about. Um, yeah. This is a very like these are very broad strokes that I'm talking about yep. and and we're we're help we're trying to do our best in the ways that we can to help with those small things like there are organizations that deal with m- mental health and, and drug abuse and things like that like mind the sure. bar is an unbelievable organization that started up in the last three or four years that you know are a massive resource for the industry and and great it, it, it's, it's really really good but one of the things that um it's a personal crusade of mine because you know going from Lowly little line cook to sous chef, chef, and now restaurateur of many restaurants. I, you know, I, I've seen the whole gamut of this whole industry, and, and I see where those holes lie and, and some of the problems that we've had. And, you know, I'm 47 years old. I'm at the point of my career where I have, I don't care what I people think of what I have to say. If they, you know, either they like it or they don't. And I'm just, 25 years of experience saying, you know, this is not correct anymore. We need to figure out a way as a collective industry mm. how to make it better for everybody. 
Yeah. You know, I, I'm just so happy to hear you talk like this because I remember talking to Michelle Jacob a number of years ago, and he he said, like, and this this has happened to me. Say I make a, a, a French onion soup, and I've got people over for dinner, and they say, oh, you know, you should open a restaurant. <laughs> and, you know, Michelle talked about that. Yeah, and uh, as Michelle says, okay, are they going to pay 10 bucks for that? You know, French onion soup, you just served them? Probably not. Like, it was so interesting what he had to say. And, you know, it's very true. People people don't understand the business because I think because you put such a good face on all the time, everybody works so hard, It's I'd really like to see some big changes happen. I don't know how you'll do it. Well, that's, 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 it all starts with conversation. And, you know, talking about it and making it a, a subject that's open for, that, you know, for everybody... Everybody in their industry has a seat at the table to try, you know, to throw out ideas and to make things happen. There are restaurants across the country that have done that. Um, we just had a podcast that came out last week it's called the Mise en Place podcast, and it talks about um, two business models, one in Manhattan at Dirt Candy, a restaurant by Amanda Cohen, and another restaurant called Dispatch in St. Catharines, Ontario. Um, him and uh, Adam and his wife uh, started that restaurant, and it's they both have a no tipping policy, and how it's working for them. And to, the reason why they did it was to try to bring professionalism back into the into the front and back of the house, and just get people who are working there who are totally wow. all in yeah. to the hospitality industry, and not to be not to have mercenaries working on their roster. Yeah, I am so in with that. The whole, uh, you know, I just think everybody should should profit from an evening in a restaurant, not just a couple of people. It's uh, well, it's part, it's structural, I guess, and part of the big issues that you're going to face. Listen, uh, it's, time just flies by, Robert. We're all, we're almost out of time. Mise en place podcast. You can see those at chefstablesociety.com. That's right. Uh, and uh, I want to get you back on, Robert, maybe uh, as uh, things open up a bit and we can talk more about uh, the big reset and more about these bigger ideas uh, because I think it's important that we all uh, listen and, and try and uh, also try and help from our side to improve it. I mean, we're going to be sitting at those tables, so we're part of the, the problems and the solution too, I think. That's the, I, would, I would be happy to chat about this as much as, as the people will let me. And, yeah, everybody's involved. I mean, it's all... It's, we're diners and we're, you know, restaurateurs and we're, we're chefs and we're cooks and we all have a stake in the game. So it's yeah. uh, it's important for everybody to be part of. Robert, keep well. Go out for a walk. Treat yourself. Treat yourself. Yeah, we'll talk to you soon. Robert Belcham, chef at uh, Campagnolo Monarch Burger, Popina Canteen. Some are open, some are not, some are takeout. Check it all out at campagnolorestaurant.ca. Well, that's it for today, uh, folks. We have uh, packed that show in, but we have to get out of here. Uh, special thanks to our technical producer, Anissa Hetherington, for such a great job. Uh, and Casey Wilson, uh, we'll talk to you soon. I'll have a haircut. Yes, You'll, can't wait. Uh, wait till you see me. It'll be nothing. <laughs> it's just a haircut. <laughs> have a great weekend, folks. I'm Tony Gismondi. I'm Casey Wilson. We'll be back next week. That's it for today's show. Tune in again next week for Anthony Gismondi and Casey Wilson on the BC Food and Wine Radio Network. Presented in part by Wines of British Columbia at Savon Foods. BC Food and Wine Radio is a TKS West production. Executive producer, Casey Wilson.